coming up on The Medicine Podcast. It's the sound that connects us to our original purpose because it is what incarnated us is that sound. It's before word. So there's a connection to the soul. I call the drum a soul instrument. And I found, you know, in my career as a therapist, a professional therapist, and then becoming a shamanic healer and practitioner and, um, you know, restoring a lot of my ancestry and all that, is that it was the fast track to enlightenment. This drum would, you know, you could be in sessions of people processing and processing, <laughs> you know, till kingdom come. And then the drum is introduced and people are like, I know who I am. Welcome back to The Medicine Podcast. My name is Mimi and I have my love, my king here with me. What is going on, everybody? This is Chase. <laughs> Salute her today of having a mutual friend who uh, is very quickly becoming a dear friend of ours. Uh, that is White Eagle Medicine Woman. Welcome to The Medicine Podcast. Gotta love that title. We're here for medicine. We are medicine. That's what we get to un unpack today. We are the medicine. Love it. Mm. Well, we'll jump right in with our, our first question that we ask every guest on the Medicine Podcast is, what do you love in your life? What aspect of your life do you love so much that you wish you could gift it to every human? Music. Mm. <laughs> Music is my medicine, always and forever. Um, and the music that I call sacred music, you know, the music that touches deeply into our souls and opens us up to really connect to our spirit. You know, there's a lot of music out there and I love almost every genre of music, but that music that allows me to be in deep silence, that comes through silence, is the strongest of my passions, I think. <laughs> I could list a hundred. Uh, have you always loved music or is this, uh, has this been later in life or, or have you always been a music lover? I've always been a music lover. I came from a, a family that loved music, although no one in our family played music, actually. Um, my brother was a deep lover of music and turned us on to all sorts of things as our older brother. Um, and I fell in love with the drum when I was a child, uh, the skin drum. And my first boyfriend at six years old was a drum set player. <laughs> and I never thought I could drum because at that time, um, you know, I grew up in the 60s and women weren't on the drum, you know, they just weren't being shown on the drum traditionally or um, contemporary. And then all of a sudden there was um, uh, Karen Carpenter on the Ed Sullivan show. This really dates you guys because this is like, you know, where everybody got their break on TV. And there she was in a gown sitting behind a drum set. Wow. And it was the first that I'd seen a woman on a set of drums. And, uh, you know, I'd always been attracted to the traditional drum, and I have been making skin drums for a long time. Um, I'm a mixed blood. I wasn't raised in my culture at all. Um, but it just naturally came through. You know, it's in your blood, and, and it just comes through one way or the other. So um, I started making skin drums when I was young, and, and I've made about 6,000 drums. And Wow. Toward, toward the world with the world's largest crystal inlay drum, grandmother drum in yeah. 20 countries. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It's music. It, 
incredible. I'm going to take a minute to promote your your film, Grandmother Drum, Awakening the Global Heart, uh, which we had the pleasure of watching ourselves and I've heard you talk about in the past. And I, I just love and, and so aligned with probably the topic that we'll be getting into today, which is around purpose and passion and integrating this love for music and this love for drumming into something that has quite literally healed you know, probably thousands at this point. Um, and maybe you can spend a couple of minutes just describing what that was, was like for you, what the grandmother drum, uh, process looked like, and then, and then sharing that with the world in some of your, your, your past work. Well, I first will say about purpose is it's, it's not what you think it is. <laughs> so we're going to get into that. And it's the life that you weren't sculpted for necessarily. You weren't trained for necessarily. Um, it's what a spirit-driven life. I just watched a wonderful film on Clive Davis, who's a very well-known producer of rock and roll music for the last you know 50 years. He was a lawyer. He got thrown into that job quite unexpectedly. And he had no background whatsoever and became one of the greatest producers of the greatest music we know of. And so it's always a spirit driven life. And that's what finding purpose is about. It's not the practical, oh, you know, this is what my dad did, or my mom did, or this kind of thing. Um, it's something that your spirit needs to in order our spiritual purpose at the center in order to kind of come into that uh, space where we are here to demonstrate a spiritual truth in our physical manner. You know, we are here to embody something very specific. And so we're given, we're given something out of the box, we're given something unpredictable, um, to help call that out that spirit driven life. And so for me, I was having dreams upon dreams, uh, with these grandmothers that were appearing these indigenous grandmothers that kept appearing in my dreams. And all of a sudden, this um, vision was was shown to me of this giant drum. I didn't even know it was a drum in the, in the beginning. There was just these mandalas being formed from this sound. And I was flying over like an eagle looking down at this mandala. And then as I came down, it was a group of people pounding. But there was no head. It was just colors. It was like a psychedelic experience. And I didn't know till way later that this was a drum that was producing this you know, this yantra of sorts, this moving yantra, and got um, different dreams where I'm laying on a table and they're doing frequencies like when you do a sound test or go to a hearing test and they were doing it all over my body. And I'm like, what are you doing? And they said, you're going to be building something that's going to create these frequencies. You got to get used to it. And so this was just like following breadcrumbs. And I had no idea this would be my life. Um, that I would be a diplomat um, across the world, that I'd be working with all sorts of tribes in the middle of conflict and working with this instrument as a, as a healing modality of connecting um, heart to heart and face to face around this seven foot thundering heartbeat. And, you know, when people would, would meet the grandmother drum and we'd lay them underneath in this journey, and it didn't matter if they were, you know, politicians or if they were new age people or indigenous people, or we even had a group of, of deaf uh, community that came to be with the drum. And that woman probably summarized the entire essence of the work. And she came up and signed to her interpreter, this is who I am. Wow. 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 Because she didn't hear it here, but she felt because when you lay under, you get the whole vibration as if you're in the womb. Mm. And everyone will say the same. I'm back in the womb. 
Mm. Wow. Back in the womb. And it's the sound that connects us to our original purpose because it is what incarnated us is that sound. It's before word. So there's a connection to the soul. I call the drum a soul instrument, especially the skin drum. It's a soul instrument. How we know this is that, you know, we'd be at a festival and have a booth with our community drum or grandmother drum and people want to walk by and, you know, they may be like, we have like the state fair, you know, cotton candy in their mouth or whatever. And they, they stop and they come over and they look around like this and then they go, right? I say pregnant bellies and drums. They're like public property, right? It's like, oh, you know, and it's, it's because it's our soul instrument. You wouldn't pick up somebody's guitar right away unless you were a guitarist. You wouldn't pick up anybody's instrument in their home, but a drum, it seems to be free for all. You know, it's because it connects us so deeply to our primal self and our self before ego, before culture, before uh, religion, before any of that. And I found, you know, in my career as a therapist, a professional therapist, and then becoming a shamanic healer and practitioner and, um, you know, restoring a lot of my ancestry and all that, is that it was the fast track to enlightenment. This drum would, you know, you could be in sessions of people processing and processing, <laughs> you know, till kingdom come. And then the drum is introduced and people are like, I know who I am. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I know where I'm supposed to be. It's, it's this bypassing of the masks that we wear that no matter how much we try to rationalize and formulaically work our way through these masks with our mind, something like music and i would imagine the sound of a drum being just like you described maybe this this place uh or this sound with which we came bypasses this mask and lights us up from the inside with a level of resonance that maybe we've never experienced before and surely we don't have to take a psychedelic if you have taken a psychedelic you've probably felt something along those lines but you can with just with the with the simple sound and with the vibrations of something like a drum bypass these various masks and shields and personalities that we're we're constantly uh wearing in order to feel this deep level of resonance with maybe it's where we're from maybe it's where we're supposed to go um but i, I can absolutely align with that idea and i'm sure many have I mean, who doesn't love music mm -hmm. who hasn't had a moment where they drop all of these uh masks and these personalities and just dance and I've, I've seen people, I'm, I'm an accountant, you know, that's my background. I spent the first <laughs> day and even, even my coworkers, these, you know, suits and ties in the right set and setting where you find yourself in the rhythm of something like, uh, music and, and a community that is, that is alive with music and dancing, those masks fall off immediately. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's really, really powerful. Yeah. I think it's, it's no accident or, um, you know, it's, it's not just by chance that it, it doesn't require the person to be able to read or interpret music to any degree. You can use your hands with something like a, a drum or, you know, I don't know the exact name, like the mallet or the, the, like, what do you call the, the handle, the paddle, the mallet? The drumstick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was thinking that there was a more uh, in depth term for it. Um, the drumstick, like it's pretty. Although you might not have all the beats down and be able to ba -ba 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 all over the place, but like it's so straightforward. And and there's not a lot of instruments that it requires zero like technical musical ability. Um, can you speak to that, like the universality of 
of the drum and the ability for someone to be invited in without any prior experience. Yeah, and you you named it when you said the word resonance. You know, we're moving from an age of information to an age of resonance. And for people, I mean, now, you know, we've known that sound healing and the technology that's coming out with sound is the way of the future. We're coming back into resonance. And, you know, it's all kind of syncopated. You know, my answer to that is in when a person comes up from the drum and said, says, I met the grandmother and it changed my life. Mm-hmm. And they don't mean a round sphere of wood with a hide on it. They mean a voice of creation. Mm-hmm. There is a recognition to that voice. And drum circles really have gone way up across the world now. And in fact, the, when we ushered in 2000 on television, if you remember, there was a all over the world, it was all drums. And it really said that that's when the grandmother said we would begin is in 2000, which is when we birthed grandmother drum, um, because that was the pulse. And they said, we just want this voice out there, get it on television, get it on, you know, as many people as possible to just hear that sound for that recognition. And again, it's a soul recognition. It's not a mental or I play music recognition. And, you know, drum circles have given permission for people to not be musicians and to feel this collective pulse. Um, What happens in drum circles all the time is, you know, people sit down and they have, oh, I got my djembe or I got my new drum, but they don't know anything about how to play it or anything. And so the drum circle begins and it's just chaos for a while. And then all of a sudden, a beat emerges. And everybody's in perfect syncopation without planning. And to me, this is pure meditation. This is absolutely pure meditation. We lose the mind. We lose our personalities as much as when we see these amazing flocks of birds that all are dancing in unison. So for me, it's getting, you know, on the song sheet the, the planet is in such dire straits because only humanity is off the song sheet of creation. Mm-hmm. The music of creation. All the other animals are in syncopation with that, that music. And this is what this program that I've designed out of all of the shamanic teachings that are really our core teachings. So if anybody's interested in shamanic teachings, these these are some of the best as far as I'm concerned. They're called sweet medicine teachings. And um, we're going to dive deep in those teachings of how to get back on the song sheet in your life, out of the life of the programming and into the life that you were designed to live based on your resonance, based on who you are, you're not changing yourself. You're just uncovering the truth uh, and getting rid of that lie. And And to me, it has to be done in a shamanic way, which means the instruments are very essential to making connection with source. And we have, you know, basically five sacred instruments to go with the five purposes that are cross-cultural. The flute, you said instruments that you don't need music, um, Native American flute or the pentatonic flute um, is another instrument that that is done from the heart with only one trick that you have to know to play it. And those five notes will sound resonance. To get in touch with something beyond the mind, So, we make instruments during the training as part of 
oh, I'm not a musician. You know, we don't need you to be. We need you to just discover your own music within yourself. And that is literal and it's figurative. And as we come into that resonance, we, we have five R's of the medicine wheel. Resonance is one of them. Ringing is the first one, which is hearing the calling. <laughs> like this dream. And I really didn't want to do this job. It was like way over the top for me. I was involved in a powwow drum here in Alaska and uh, it was a, a um, cross-cultural drum or we call an intertribal drum. But I have native heritage. I've been chanting my whole life, but I don't look this way, right? So I have a lot of challenges in the communities. And I thought this is going to put me front and center um, and it's not going to be good. And it wasn't, you know, it was, I went up to my Clinket elder here in Alaska who was, you know, we were asked by the grandmothers when we had the dreams to get a gathering of elders behind the project before we began. So we did that. And I said to uncle Walter, I said, listen, you know, um, this is lovely, but we need to give it to somebody who looks more native than I do because this is going to be hard and I have all the download. I'll just pass it on. I'll be in the background. <laughs> and he said something to me, which is part of these teachings. He said, you're weak hearted. Mm. That's an East teaching in our, the East is our solar plexus, our, our courage. And he said, you're weak hearted, lacking the courage to be who you are. No one else got these visions. This was given to you. Mm. And only when you're put in hot water do you know if you have any real medicine. Damn. Yeah. And I was like, ah, I hated conflict. I didn't want it, you know. Um, and I, you know, had severe conflict um, throughout the world and um, had to grow up and come into uh, a space of, of love that was beyond my self-esteem issues and all the buttons that got pushed when people would do that and all the panic I literally had uh, was stopped for my life across this country in 2008. So, um, it's not always like, oh, you know, it's just the easy road, you know, but this was, it kept coming and it kept coming and it kept coming. And I said to the grandmothers in these meditations, I said, listen, there's people way better for this job. And they said, that's true. I said, good, we're in agreement. <laughs> Excellent. And they said, but what, wait a second, but we don't call the qualified. But we do qualify the called. Mm -hmm. mm, God, that's so good. It was like, you know, the arrow. And what does that mean to qualify the call? That means that it, I am in over my head. I am in something that I'm not as skilled at. Why? Because I need to develop it. And the only way is to throw you in. <laughs> and you'll figure out if you could swim. <laughs> yeah. Can I ask how long was this sort of period where you felt some, maybe not resistance, but like the um, the resistance to conflict or at least being fully aware of your surroundings and everything and, and what you might uh, face and, you know, being apprehensive, being a little resistant to that. What, how long was this period for you? And then 
ultimately, what was the moment or conversation where something switched inside of you to say, okay, yes, I'm going to do this? Um, I think it's ongoing. Oh. Um, It's always there as my sort of polish that's in my life. Um, As far as doubting it, no, I don't doubt it anymore. You know, I don't doubt my guidance or things like that. I certainly still have fear and I still have concern and all of those things as I enter bigger and bigger arenas of, of communities and such. Um, but no, I've, I've certainly, even in the midst of that, knew that this was the right path. Like, I didn't question that it was the right path. I just didn't really want to go through it. I wanted to sort of bow to the side. And there was no way I could. The first world tour was in Australia, and I got confronted in the first event in Australia by um, a young Aboriginal man who came in his full regalia to challenge me. And and we made such a bond in that moment in front of 200 people that it was profound for me. It was the first time I understood what my elders had said. You know, I had fabulous elders to work with. And this was really my burnishing that went on before I worked with many elders groups here in Alaska. And I watched these Clinket elders or Yupik elders and how diplomatic they were in the face of, of this kind of conflict and annihilation and genocide. And I just, there's elders with a capital E and, and elders with a lowercase e. Everyone over a certain age is considered an elder, but these elders are renowned in their communities. And when you have a problem, they say, go see the elders. And everybody knows who they are, you know. And I had those teachings, but I didn't know how to embody that. And when this man came to challenge me in the first 15 minutes of the drum being about to be unveiled and and touching the Aboriginal soil, even though we had permission from the Aboriginal tribe, everything, um, this young man was of that tribe, but did not know any of that and just kind of decided to do his own thing and be a warrior. And I just looked at him and I said, what am I going to do? You know, here I am. I have no idea about this tribe and, and their culture, really. I mean, I know a little bit, but here I am. Um, and I heard my uncle Walter in my head saying, speak the truth. That's what he would say. Just speak the truth. I said, I'm new to your land and your ways. I was guided to come here in dreams, and I have permission from your elders, but if I'm not doing something in alignment or protocol, I hope you'll tell me, but I'm just a simple woman with love in her heart. Oh, wow. And that was just fast, but he was still angry. He diffused somewhat, and the park superintendent was there. This was a national park, and he went up to the national park in and said, this is our land. And the park's superintendent said, this is our land. Mm. You know, I was in the middle of that. And then I observed that. I was like, okay, I see. I'm, I'm joining something that's already going on. So he said, they won't let us do our ceremonies here. And, you know, blah, 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 blah. I said, hold on a second. And um, I said, you know, I... When you came up to me, I saw the anger in your eyes. And I know this anger myself. Not, I don't know your situation, but I know that kind of anger because I was 
a radical lesbian feminist that hated men because I was incested. And for years, I was rageful. Mm. So, and then I got healing. I'm saying this in front of hundreds of people. I said, and then I got healing and I realized that underneath my anger was my sadness, my grief, my trauma. And I just send you love. I don't, I could never know what you're experiencing, but I send you love to you and your people at this moment from me. And that was it. That was the moment of truth. And he started to cry. I started to cry and we embraced. Mm. The park superintendent took some more motion and he was not going to let whatever he wanted to happen. He said he had to do a traditional ceremony to welcome me to country to see if the spirits inside this cave we were about to do the ceremony and would allow me to come in. And there was fire hazards all over Sydney and north of Sydney where this was. Nobody was allowed to light a fire. And he wanted to light a fire to do this smudging. They do it with gum leaves over the fire and people walk over the fire. And so I went up to the park who I had presented a gift to and said, you're one of the caretakers. Thank you for allowing me to be here. And we had made a bond before this man even showed up. So I said, listen, you know, I'm a tribal woman from somebody else's country. This is what, you know, we cannot touch that drum to the ground without their permission. And I asked the young man to come up and say, what did he want to do? And then he explained to us what he, he needed to do. And I said, okay. So I went up to the park superintendent and I said, can we do this? This is the only way I can be here. You know, and he had his arms folded, kind of, and he was a big, tall guy, you know, all in his park uniform. And he paused a long time and he said, just this once. Mm. <laughs> and and Dam Damien, who had his ditch, got to build this fire and call the spirits in and put us all over the fire. And, and he said, yes, the spirits can say you can go in. Hey friend, if you deal with brain fog, memory lapses, and sluggish thinking, then you need to try Qualia Mind. When it comes to nourishing the brain, Qualia Mind is hands down the best that we've tried. When I take it, I feel less distracted and I notice that I spend less time searching for the right words, whether I'm writing or speaking. This is because Qualia Mind was designed by a team of committed scientists using the most bioavailable ingredients to support the four pillars of cognition, energy, focus, memory, and drive. After only a few days, most people feel more mental energy, deeper mental clarity, attention, and focus. In fact, if you don't have clear thinking in 100 days, they'll give you your money back. And right now they are giving listeners of the medicine an insane deal. $100 off your first order. To try the best brain fuel on earth, go to neurohacker.com forward slash the medicine. That's neurohacker.com forward slash T-H-E-M-E-D-I-C-I-N to get your first bottle for only $39. Or just check the show notes below for the direct link. Cheers to happy, productive brains and cheers to qualia mind. Okay, back to the show. And so he was in the front like the Pied Piper, and we had Grandmother Drum over our heads, all of us, carrying her in. And lo and behold, we didn't know this 
and I, I don't tell this story very often, but it's such a poignant story of reconciliation. We get to the edge of the cave, and it's this gigantic cave that looks like a woman's vulva. That's called the Wombian Cave, W-O-M-B-Y-E-A-N, Wombian. Okay, and this is called Victoria's Arch, and it's just like that. It's gigantic. We're coming to the entrance, and the two elders from the tribe say, stop. And everybody's, you know, happy. They thought we were going in, everything. And we didn't even know what we're doing yet. I still didn't even know what I was doing yet um, in there. And I had all these dreams about this place. And so, as we're getting to go in, she says, I'm not going in that place. I said, what do you mean? Did we not follow protocol, Auntie? And, you know, and it, uh, meanwhile, everybody's already walking and they don't even hear her, you know. And she's like stopped as if there was a glass that she hit. And she said, our babies are in there. They massacred our babies and put their bones in there. And my hair stood on end, like stood on end. And I had in my arms a, a doll that was presented to me the day before in a parade with the elders down the main streets of town with police escorts. Okay, this is, I was like, who do these people think I am? Like, mm. this was so out of, out of my reality. The mayor was greeting me and this woman stepped out with this doll with feathers all over it. And in a Aboriginal weary dish, like, like a papoose. Mm. And I had chills and I didn't know why. And now this next day, I'm holding that baby with my staff as we're walking into the cave going, holy mackerel, you're on, white eagle, you are on. You, know, you better figure something out. And I said to her, I looked at the baby, I looked at her and I said, Auntie, I think that must be why we're here. Mm. And I looked down at the baby, I looked at her, and I said, to free those souls. Wow. This is, must be why we're here. And she immediately knew. I mean, she was Aboriginal. She was an elder. And she said, I think you're right, but I still can't go in there. And I said, okay, can we go in there? Can we do something in there? And she said, yes. Nobody heard this when we got in the cave, she and uncle were on the outside looking at us and, and I explained what was going on to the people. And I just spontaneously put men and women on either side of the drum. And we had every woman become a, a woman in a man's life and every man become a man in a woman's life for all history of the masculine and feminine. And the betrayal, the sexual abuse, the killing, the raping, the everything, we named it all. And they had to make contact with one person across that circle and do the forgiveness work. And I created this ceremony in the moment. There wasn't a dry eye in the room, you know, in the cave. And then the, the park rangers who thought, who's this weird white woman in native regalia? Um, this is one of those new age wah-wahs, you know, and they just had their arms folded. And when they saw this and the drums started to play, we played for six hours oh. straight. Oh. 
people, this was a tourist cave, like people were coming and kind of looking and then stopping. And then I, I was off the drum at one point, just letting everybody go for a while. And I just grab a drumstick and I'd hand it to somebody who just walked up saying nothing. And they just joined, they felt something, they knew something was happening. And lo and behold, there was a Native American man who lived there who came to greet me, who was in my previous dream, and I recognized him immediately. He was Apache, a big, tall Apache young man standing there. And they thought he was my partner. You know, it was kind of like this choreographed thing. And the whole thing ends, and he starts playing Native American flute to end the whole ceremony. It was just like completely orchestrated. And this was my first day on the job, <laughs> my first day. And from there, it exploded where we were doing reconciliation all across Australia. And we had landed on the two weeks of reconciliation in the country, which we didn't know either. That's called sorry business in Australia, um, where there's a lot of white and black ceremony and there's giving back of repatriation and many, many things, um, land and, and such. And we got just swept up. The elders just swept us up. We just started to spontaneously respond to the call. And to me, that's, that's the spirit-driven life. That is not like, oh, I know this stuff. Or, you know, it's like rawly honest and without ego, without pretense, without anything, and just showing up. We had... $50 in our pocket when we launched over there, we had $50,000 worth of expenses. I mean, the drum was like $7,000 to put in the air and, you know, all these things. And we, we needed a truck, a trailer, a staff, like, you know, a community to do this with. And people came forward immediately saying, I'm a healer. I'll join you here. I'm a singer. I can help you with that. And, and we just, we just did it. And, and we've done 20 countries now and a million people. Um, and, Every person has shaped me. Every person has cut out the bullshit in me to say, who are you? What's real here? And I'm still going through that burnishing, you know, always to, to purify. And so that brings me to purpose because I think that it's a great cosmic joke about pur purpose to me. Um, there is no purpose. That's my cosmic joke. <laughs> um, you are already the light that you're searching for. So I want to start there because there's this thing that people come around purpose with, like, I'm not on my purpose. You know, uh, um, I'm, I'm, you know, don't know if um, I'm ever going to be on my purpose or on my right path. It's like, you can't not be. <laughs> You're here on earth, period. It's like, you can't not be on your path. What purpose is about is helping us to remove the obstacles that are perfectly designed for us as our spirit entered this soul vehicle that's traveling from lifetime to lifetime, accumulating knowledge, wisdom, and light. Yeah? And it says, okay, what is your next learning? What is your next uh, giveaway that you need to do in order to get rid of karma? Keep shedding because you already the light. You are already what you're searching for.
we all know that we hear it, but we don't really know it. Mm -hmm. We're still on this searching. And I'd like to share at some point, but I want to take a breath because that was a lot right there. Um, especially that story. It's a very, very powerful story. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing that story. I got goosebumps 12 times different that different <laughs> moments throughout that, that journey that you took us on. And, and two things really stood out to me about that. The first, in the United States, we are used to this word change and transformation. And it's typically seen through some level of power struggle. Maybe it's the left and the right. Maybe it's the Google versus the Facebook or the sports team from the East versus the sports team from the West. And we talk about change and, and these platforms on one side or the other consistently putting forth change and transformation. But it's pseudo change because in reality, it's just a shift of the power from one side to the other. But the entire dynamic and the architecture of that power is virtually the same. Mm -hmm on that change in you know it's like capture the flag which is a game we all grew, grew up playing and it's just the flag getting captured by the other group and moving over to one side for a minute that's not real progress or movement what i'm hearing from you is the change that we are desperate for this is the nutritional deficiency of change where in that moment of what seems like utmost conflict all egos are shed and there's a almost irrational reconciliation mm. place. And it can only be done when all scorekeeping is seemingly mm. forgotten about in that moment. And there's this level of resonance, this level of connection that both parties are interested in moving out into a new paradigm. Mm -hmm. uh, powerlessness the power dynamic is is dropped in to a certain degree and it's this redefinition of what it means to be in power from the from that point forward and i can't help but in that story feel that that is the nutritional deficiency that so much of us have in, in our culture is that we want change we know change but we've been given a definition of what change looks like that is somewhat pseudo in, mm -hmm. in the compared to the, the the story the story that you're describing where you are healing generations of trauma and pain and wounds through something as powerful as uh, what you articulated mm -hmm. and with, through, without through the force yeah without force without force i think is is the key where it's like you you're, you're not forcing anyone to do anything it's it's like an invitation to remember the sameness of all mm. um that's what i was that's what was really coming through for me it's like Yes, you're different. Yes, your skin colors are different. You have different culture, but something like just being open uh, in, in love and inviting other people into that love, which you obviously did so beautifully, is like the thing that really sparks the change without force. We're so used to force. Yeah. And it, it feels yeah. like we can't make change without some sort of force. And that's just not, that's just not true. Yeah. The, the other thing that came out. Um, as you were describing this story, um, was how powerful experience is. We, and a shared experience for that matter, going through the emotional roller coaster of something like a, uh, a ceremony or being a part of like the grandmother drum, uh, ceremony, how it, 
bypasses the rational and we can do the best that we can as you know individuals on our various platforms whether that's writing whether that's creating you know courses or content and verbalizing the the changes in in the evolution that we would like to see in ourselves and others but it will only scratch the surface of what a shared profound experience mm -hmm. that transcends the rational could really do for the healing work for the for the work of purpose and for the work of of you know collective evolution and it just it seems to me that no matter how much you want to articulate and rationalize and describe changes that need to take place it's only going to scratch the surface of what can actually happen through a transformational type experience like the one that you've been been articulating for us hmm. and it actually has components and i can share those components of of um what i might term a feminine style of leadership um you know um that connection i witnessed by watching the elders. Um, here in Alaska, there was a, a conference of elders from the far north. They were sitting down with um, the uh, highest military uh, person. I don't know what they call that. It's a colonel or sergeant, whatever it is, that high person. Um, for a talking circle because they were using their land for um, military waste and dump that has never been cleaned up you know that's toxic out in the bush uh, in these villages uh, you know bomb stuff you know all, all sorts of uh, radioactive material and you know it's it's crushing the indigenous people this was probably almost two decades ago now and I sat in a circle. I wasn't allowed to talk in the in the talking circle. I was just holding space. There was a bunch of us healers that my partner, who was you know doing this um, a conference, had us just sitting there holding space. That's it. And what I observed, I have never seen. And this is what you're saying. These stories of real life experience of of watching this in action we don't have elders that we can look to we have people that are our puppet government that are um misogynist this that the other thing like we don't get to see what this really looks like and here they were you know wanting to get the military to see uh, the pain and when they got the talking stick these elders these yupik elders and they were probably in their 80s and 90s all they did the men, this was mostly the men's circle, they spoke about their absolute love affair with Mother Earth. Mm. Like little boys. Okay. Like the first fishing hole, this, that, and the other. Okay. When it came to the colonel, and one man after the other said this, crying, crying. Not once did they say, this toxic waste has to go get off our land, clean up your mess, not once. Okay, went around to all these elders. And it was profound. The park super the guy, the, I'm saying park, I don't mean that the colonel, whatever his title was. And this is of all the military in Alaska. Started to tell his favorite fishing story when he was a boy. Mm -hmm in the bayou or somewhere and i was watching this going what are they doing 
And then it went around for a second time. And the younger elders who were more in their 50s and 60s like me were a little bit more feisty. And they wanted to sort of say something. And the other elders just grabbed the, the talking stick and continued on. And at the very end, this went around as many times as it needed to go around. That's talking circle. We were there for maybe four hours. And it came around to the colonel again, and he, he, started, he started to say to them that he was going to fly the, you know, the M43s, whatever, out there to clean it up. They never said it. Oh. And I was like, wow. Wow. And the other one I witnessed was up in Hawaii on the Big Island when the TMT tower was going to go up on Mauna Kea. And the entire world galvanized around um, preventing that, that telescope from going on Mauna Kea. I was there on the front line. I saw what those grandmothers did. Mm. There were police with their bullet jackets on, with their glasses on, with their SWAT stuff in a line, blocking the road, and the elders were on the other side holding their ground. These are old grandmothers. And they said, oh, they looked at the name tag. Oh, Kamaka Bibioli, I know your auntie. Does she know you're here? <laughs> Would you like some water? It's hot here. Would you like some water? You know, and, and just disarming. Love disarming. And any of you who are on this podcast, go look that up. Kapu Aloha. That means the law of Aloha. And look at that, those videos. And look how Pua Case, who was one of the, the lead women in that movement, look at how they speak. Feel it. It's so different. And I'm not saying it's just the feminine. It's the grandmothers and grandfathers who have this love and aloha in their soul. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, when I spoke in Australia during the sari business, a big event, I said the difference between elders with a capital E and lowercase e. And, you know, if you're still angry, if you're still a warrior, it's fine. You, we need our anger. That's part of the journey. But don't give up then mm. till you're on the other shore like they are. Like that they don't talk about the us and them anymore. That they've transcended it somehow and they're giving you something that nobody can give you because you don't you have to go through the experience like you're saying you have to have arrived it's not our priesthood which of course is now you know incesting children uh, by the billions because they didn't arrive to that celibacy that's that's an awakening that happens way later in the journey not forced yep it cannot be forced yeah so as we come on to now, you know, just really um, the idea of resonance coming into resonance as we have with, with the whole idea of music is what is this whole thing about purpose? You know, I think it's, it's, it's just a really good moment to kind of slide into that uh, journey. And the first thing I, I mentioned and is that where you want to go? I mean, I, I'm just like playing here, you know. Perfect. Um, you flow. Yeah, this is so good. You know, um, is that first of all, um, 
I've spent my life, you know, really on purpose. I was a very driven young person. I knew who I was and where I was going when I was very young. And so I've always felt this sense of I'm here for a reason. And um, I took uh, classes from from mystics that were all about higher purpose and life purpose. Higher purpose is what we're here to learn. Life purpose is what we're here to give. And that was very moving to me. But in our shamanic sweet medicine and, and uh, medicine wheel work, our rainbow fire medicine wheel work, we have five core purposes. Okay. Of course, because we have five elements and we have five stages of life and we have the seasons and, you know, the center, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. We have all these fours in our reality. Um, and these elemental four, which all go along with elements, is of course, north, south, east, and west in the medicine wheel uh, understanding. And the medicine wheel is so comprehensive and so uh, multi-layered. So I'll say that because people might have learned the medicine wheel along the way or heard about that. And I don't mean to diffuse all that by saying this wheel is the correct wheel. And I mean that only in it's not a symbolic wheel. It's actually quite a literal wheel to how the universe is set up, how the cosmos is set up in the macrocosm and in the microcosm. And that takes a little bit more of going down the journey of this course, if you want to understand that really fully. But so our East teaching, our rising sun, right? The rising sun, a teaching. And that's where in us is our third chakra. It's our solar plexus. It's the sun in us, our I am the light presence. Okay. And that purpose is all the gifts and talents that I came into this lifetime with. I'm already the light. You know, what I have, what I'm burning already, I'm bringing into this life to help me with the purposes, the other purposes I have to um, unfold. So we call that the soul purpose. Your soul purpose is already what is already so. It's already so. The light is already so. So I, when I write mine or I talk about mine, you already nailed it. What is the thing that you most love? What is the thing that you came into this life with? Music. Um, so music is one of my strongest medicines that I came with, music and art. So the south one, as we go around that wheel, that is the water element to us which of course is our second chakra area in that school of thought, is what we're here to give. Native people say, what's your giveaway? Mm -hmm. They don't say, what do you do for a living? What's your giveaway? I love that. Mm, that's great. Right? And your giveaway is often already in your name, like mm. mine, White Eagle Medicine. That's my giveaway. Hey, hey, homies. All right, here's a question we get all the time. Is it okay for generally healthy people to take immune Intel AHCC, or is it just for people with serious illness? This is a great question. And most of the world is aware now just how critical a healthy functional immune system is in order to maintain long-term health. But it's still easy to forget about your immune system until it's too late, until there's a breakdown somewhere, until your body is dealing with something quite serious. So what happens when generally healthy people take AHCC? 
Well, it's sort of like fixing the roof when the sun is shining. And now your house is much less likely to flood because of a leak. How does it do this? HCC works like a boss to quickly enhance the immune system, cell function, and communication. For example, the NK, natural killer cells, these are white blood cells that specialize in attacking tumor cells and cells infected with viruses. AHCC has proven to increase your NK cells by up to 800% in a matter of weeks. And T cells, these immune soldiers are important because they help direct your body's immune response. Certain types of T cells can actually seek out and kill foreign invaders. And AHCC helps promote optimal T cell activity. I know that I want this intelligence in my body every single day. So Chase and I both take at least two capsules of Immune Intel AHCC every single day without fail. If you'd like to start blessing your body with this daily intelligence, go to themedicine.com forward slash products or just check the show notes below. Cheers, boo. And so when in the East, when we're born, we're given a rattle. That's the first instrument we work with in this program. And that's the instrument we're all given as a baby. And traditionally, a bead is put in there to represent um, your essence, your, your name. And as the baby shakes that, part of the reason for the rattle in Africa, it was about warding off evil spirits and, um, you know, protecting the baby because the baby's fontanelle was very open still. Was still very connected to source, so other entities could enter it very easily. So the rattle was considered this is my this is my space, mm. but it also calls the baby spirit to enter fully into this dimension. You're calling yourself down here because you know it's not an easy road down here. You know you got to decide to be here. You know, so it's that calling of the spirit down. Um, so that's the instrument we work with. Um, and the and the medicine of song, because when did you stop singing? Angelus Arian, wonderful um, Basque folklorist that lived there in California for many years, just uh, crossed over. Um, she talks about that as the first question a medicine person cross-culturally would ask you if you're sick or depressed or disheartened. Not, you know, what happened in your childhood, but when did you stop singing? So that singing gives us access to that soul purpose of the gifts and the talents that we come in with. And as we come around that wheel, we start working with what is my giveaway? What am I here to teach or give away? Okay, this lifetime. And we'll get into the human design in a minute because that's really important to understand this. And then the West teaching which for us is earth because the sun is opposite the earth. I mean, east and west. So again, that makes sense. Um, that's of course the physical body, the container of the light. Yeah. And we call that our work purpose, our service. And you're going to see once we get around this whole wheel, how that interplays. That's what we're actually doing. The practical, I'm doing a podcast, you know, that's a practical service in the world. Um, and then our North teaching, we already said that, is aligned with our South one, which is our higher purpose, what we're here to learn or receive. Okay. 
And we talk about all the time, I'm teaching what I most need to learn, right? And that's the interaction of a beautiful figure eight almost between the North and South teaching. I'm receiving and I'm teaching it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, I teach a lot of women over the years. I used to have a wilderness uh, school for women. And women would always want a hundred more courses before they were ready to teach something. <laughs> and guys would, guys would take one class and go, I'm going to teach this, you know. And we're like, how is that? Women think they need more and more and more, you know. And I say, you know, doing your, or I can't be a healer because I have to finish my healing work myself. Well, the inner work is the breath in and the outer work is the breath out. You have to do both to heal. You cannot just heal within yourself. You have to give it away and you learn by giving it to other people. So true. That's how you God. Yeah. And so, you know, forget about like, we're all going to wait until we're healed. Like we won't be here. Like forget it. I, that's so. like, at that moment of where we just like, I'm, I'm the same where I tell myself I'm not a teacher. I, I don't want to, I don't have the ability authority. What I don't have enough reps yet, but I find myself learning at a significantly more profound scale. When I find myself telling somebody, a. Uh, how to do something. It's as simple as that. Or like, well, based on my life experience, and then you're like, oh my God, I'm actually like finding real meaning in some of my life experiences only now that I'm telling somebody else yes. about them. Mm, thank oh. you for that. Yeah. Roots. Thank in, you. Yeah. Uh, it's like the roots then like sink in deeper and it's not just floating on the surface anymore. It's like, no, I know that I can share this teach this with someone and it yeah i love the the visual of the figure eight yeah. where it's like the breath in and breath out like so beautiful giving and receiving and you know sometimes when i've been my hardest moments in life and i give private sessions i've been like i can't i can't give a session today like i just don't have it you know whatever and sometimes i i'll say okay you know that's what we're doing but other times i just say to myself just step in and i wind up feeling so much better afterwards because i'm healing myself through what i'm sharing right so that's part of how we understand those two purposes but what we will say is we haven't met the driver yet in this vehicle Mm. we haven't met the overriding reason or the overriding purpose of all these purposes which is the evolution of soul into spirit okay base metal into gold soul ego into soul and then soul into spirit so the 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 fifth purpose that you're talking about yes the fifth element right and that center purpose ether in our teaching spirit whatever you want to call higher self god goddess whatever whatever it's our godhood our divine birthright of pure light essence we are to realize that we are to embody And that is the meaning of the course, that title, spiritual sensuality. Mm. Yeah, I love that term. Now, I received this term from my kahuna, Harry Ohani Jim. He he gave us a really powerful teaching about this. Wonderful kahuna. If you ever get a chance to listen to him, it's online. Go listen to him. He's just, he's a complete hayoka, as we say, a trickster. (laughs) <laughs> He's constantly laughing. He says, I don't talk to any spirits in the spirit world without a sense of humor. Um, if they're serious, they can move on, you know. Uh, and he's quite wonderful because, of course, the lightest we are is in humor and levity. 
And he knows that and he teaches that way. I love him for that. But this word is what Hawaiians kind of call vertical time. And you've all had this moment where all time is now. You have a sense of meaning of everything. Um, you know, it's similar to what people describe as their whole life passing before them in the last moment uh, where an accident was going to happen or something. This Everything comes together or they're watching a beautiful sunset and all of a sudden, like everything merges and you feel one with the entire universe. Yeah, almost that time like expands and collapses at the same time. All time is now. Yeah. All time is now. That's what they call vertical time. That's where they believe all healing takes place in vertical time, not linear time. Um, and you've had it in meditation, plant medicine, lovemaking. And what we do in this class is we talk a lot about our spiritually sensual moments because that's where we're going. That's the essence of coming to earth to be a light you can say in quantum physics, a quark, you know, a subatomic particle of light to the waveform to full embodiment, a particle, like full embodiment of light in this dimension. And we have those moments where we feel completely one, that we feel all time is now. He talks about riding a surfboard and when they, when they get a good ride on a surfboard and there's that one moment you just know and you're just riding, you know, you just have that complete um, alignment. And those spiritually sensual moments guide us to our true purpose, embodiment. And I know a lot of people, including myself, that have been great spiritual teachers for years. Oh, yeah, we have these great words. But when it comes to embodiment, I told you a good story of how I helped with that conflict. <laughs> there was many stories I didn't do so well with that. You know, I, I, I just really got triggered. And it's that embodiment. So our spiritual purpose, and I'm going to probably anchor that with a very powerful story. So I'm going to warn you that it's a very intense story. Um, but the spiritual purpose is what I'm here to embody or demonstrate a spiritual concept mm. that we all know and go, yeah. But what does it mean to embody that? like all time is now, or uh, we are all one, or, you know, all these terminologies. We get really intoxicated on on these huge ideas, and we can even get so uh, emotional and lit up, and then we go back and get up at 8 a.m. the next morning, and we've got our calendar for yeah. the day, and we're like, wait, how do I yeah. apply this? How do I integrate this, you know, what's felt like a transcendent experience a day ago into back into the practicality of my compartmentalized life? Exactly. And so this spiritual embodiment is the driver of the, the whole thing, is how do I embody? And we're usually given something that we need in this lifetime to break through, to go to the next level of light, to realize ourselves as that light. Because really, we're not finding the truth. You know that we're just getting rid of the lie. We're just shedding the things that aren't so, the, the things that we believed are so and are spiritually high truths until we penetrate to the next layer. And one of those for me 
is this course. This is like my founding work. Like I was so excited about this work. Um, and I ran my first group through this and I was like, everybody was just really glowing. And, and I was like, yeah, you see purpose is everything and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, and then I had an experience. And I want to share that experience with you to make it more real. Yeah, please. Yeah. But I want to say that these are the five core that relate to all the elements and relate to, I like to think of a purpose as focus. That's all. It's just about focusing energy. We have many, many choices in life. Every moment of every day, we have thousands of choice points. And it's about honing those for a development of self. It's like just honing those focus areas because we kind of know our, our um, gifts and talents and we know our shadows and insecurities more. So we can design a program for ourselves that helps us to focus on these things. That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not said in some like, oh my God, you know, I came down and I've got the wrong instructions. No, it's just, it's a fluidity. Mm -hmm. um, and when we do this work, and it's an eight-week process that we do through online life with me, making these instruments, walks in nature, breath work, many things that we access it through, is we finalize it by literally coming up with one sentence in each of these areas. And it's just, you know, hones it. And it affirms, oh, yes. It's something that you, it's just like when you came up with the medicine for your podcast and that beautiful logo that's behind you, like, yes, right? Like, wow, that's it. It's aligned. Mm -hmm. And this is to me, I, I say to people, do this before you start a business or you, or you change your path. It's like your vision, mission, goals, and objectives for a nonprofit organization when they first are organized or a business. They have their vision statement. They have their mission. These purposes provide the foundation of the business of you yeah. operating on all planes of existence, not just in the world. So I'll say that. Um, so I have a few teachings that I'd like to bring towards that in both directions. Um, and this one I think is, is, you know, my most recent initiation. And that's the word I want to use. Um, because if you work with indigenous teachings, as I do, we don't consider things that happen to us like a victim. We consider ourselves an initiate, mm. that we're being initiated. And my teacher used to tease us, I'm not frightened, I'm being empowered. <laughs> you know, and, and so this, this burnishing process. And so each of those five have an I word that goes with them. The East is initiation. The South is intuition. Yeah, my intuition, that second chakra work. The West is imagination. Imagine the form it could take. And the North is inspiration. Mm. And the center is ignition. Love it. <laughs> So, and we have P words and R words for the medicine wheel, and we have layers of these teachings, but come down that avenue with me later. I want to share this potent story. Um, and I only, this is the only second time I've shared it uh, live. Um, and so it's vulnerable for me. And 
I haven't been ready to speak for 18 months. Um, 18 months ago, my, my daughter passed into the spirit world from mm -hmm. alcoholism. My only daughter. Um, it's inconceivable. It's absolutely inconceivable. And at that moment, I died. Mm. That's how I felt. And I could not comprehend it. I had a severe experience of what I'm writing about as a therapist now, because um, there's no information available. And the only information I could find is by being on 25 different Facebook pages of bereaved parents mm. to, because there's no good websites. There's no professionals out there really working on this issue at all. There's kids being gunned down in schools. There's just, you know, an exponential um, fentanyl. Number one is, is taking children out so fast. A boyfriend's killing their, their girlfriends. Uh, unbelievable numbers. School shootings. Go on Wikipedia and see the real amount of school shootings. Um, nobody's addressing this issue. And the, the word that I have created for this experience, especially for mothers, is dismemberment. Mm, yeah. Wow. And it was, grief was one thing. I was very used to grief. Um, I'm a grief coach. I, you know, I'm very at home with my grief. And that was just one layer. That was a very minor layer compared to this experience somatically of dismemberment that a part of my body was ripped away and I was dead. Mm. And, and my daughter and I were highly independent. We're both Aquarians. It was, she was 33. We're both kind of eccentric artists. We weren't talking every day like many mothers and daughters do, you know, none of that. And it was completely um, dismembering. I couldn't walk well. My, my womb was sore all the time. I, you know, checked everything. I have really good health. I eat perfectly and all this. So it's like, and I went through beyond a dark night of the soul, in my opinion. I've been through many. I've lost many people in my life, um, tragically. And this experience took all my purpose. Mm. So the woman who taught everyone about purpose, but life has no purpose. There is no purpose. To, I don't care about any of these things mm. at all. They're meaningless. And I had no idea what to do about this. There wasn't someone who had the expertise in my field um, for this. That had, They would have to have lost a child. There's just no other way. Um, and so as I was navigating this more alone, I have been a channel my whole life. You know, I've been channeling the grandmothers. I've been channeling advanced uh, healing methods directly from them. Um, they have been with me since I was young. I'm very comfortable with that. When my daughter passed, I couldn't hear her mm -hmm. for about three weeks. And I was devastated because she wasn't talking to me when, when she passed. She had shut me out of her life nine months prior for confronting her about her alcohol. Mm. And so that devastation of losing the connection before she even passed, finding out in like 24 hours, having to leave um, Hawaii and fly back to Alaska and just the, the whole trauma of it. But when 
I couldn't hear her. I thought, what is going on? Like, she's still not talking to me. I mean, like, what's going on? I was so flipped out. And I, I happened to um, get gifted a session with uh, the top medium in, in Austria by my partner. And this woman doesn't speak any English and she doesn't want to know anything about you. Mm. She just, you can't say, I'd like to talk to my daughter. You know, she just channels whatever comes through. And it was so profound what my daughter said and that she even knew that my daughter passed and on and on and on that it was my daughter who said to me, mom, you're blocking it. You're so flipped out. You can't hear me. Like I'm trying. Mm. So what I want you to do is automatic write with me Mm. because I couldn't channel. I was so afraid because when I channel, it's like somebody comes into my body. It's like a very chunk. And I, I guess I was terrified of that whole story on some deeper level. So she gave me such potent information that I went ahead and just started. And it happened in the middle of the night. I woke up and I heard this line and it didn't sound like my daughter at all. And I just started writing it. Well, fast forward, my daughter's writing a book through me at this time. But she kept telling me what I needed to do Mm. in order to do that healing. Like she kept instructing me and I did every step of the instructions. And one of the things is she asked me to um, do some plant medicine. Now I've done plant medicine. I facilitate plant medicine for people. Um, But I'm not a big, uh, you know, it's like a once a year thing when I'm leading something in Peru or whatever. And and she said, you need to do these three ceremonies, blah, 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 blah. And I went, all right, all right. So I, when I did that, I had, I'm not going to talk about the two because that would take too long, but this final one I just did um, erased everything. Mm. Um, and I had the experience of enlightenment. I had this full body experience and it was, it was kind of a juxtaposed position because I kept saying, I can't understand why I've lost all meaning and purpose. You know, like, I I just know that she didn't die that day. I died that day. And every mother says the same thing. Like, it's kind of crazy. And so I'm like, so when I was on the medicine, I understood the whole thing. I had two parts of me. I had my I am, my complete embodiment. My body was just light. And I had this little self sort of flying around like a little mosquito asking questions. And it wasn't someone else. It wasn't my daughter. It wasn't my clan. It was my oversoul that was completely enlightened, that always has and always will be. And it said, of course, you had to lose all meaning and purpose because there is none. You are already the light. I am the, and it didn't say you, it said, I am the light. Mm. And I was like, oh, that was my quantum leap. Mm. I am the light. But it wasn't cerebral and it wasn't cute and it wasn't cliche. It was embodied. Mm. And I was like, and I was started to weep because I realized that every lifetime and every word that's ever come out of my mouth, every belief I've had is all false. 
every single one of them. And I was like, how do you deal with that? It just wiped up my existence. None of this is true. None of it. Hey friend, quick question. Are you on your path of self-discovery and development, but find yourself wishing you had more people around you doing the same? Maybe you've made strides in your own evolution, but wish you had more of a robust community of conscious individuals. I get it. One thing that was sorely missing in Chase and I's marriage was a positive, conscious community. We were lonely and it really started to affect us negatively. For the last three and a half years, Chase and I have been attending workshops at Paul Check's home in Rainbow, California. Paul Check is an internationally renowned holistic health, fitness, and personal development expert. No teacher or mentor has contributed more to our life and personal evolution than Paul Check. Each workshop is completely unique. Painting and art therapy, archetypes and symbols, breathwork and cold plunge, sound healing, dream interpretation, tarot, and so many more. They have had a profound effect on Chase and I individually, in our relationship together, and the future we are creating. These workshops are always filled with new material for my soul, incredible professionally cooked organic meals, and the people we meet from all over the world are truly mind-blowing. Attending in person is best, but if you can't get away to California, Paul offers the majority of workshops online as well. We are personally inviting you to come hang out with us, learn from Paul, stretch your mind, and build your community of aligned conscious souls. To see the schedule and register for an upcoming workshop, you can find the direct link in the show notes below, or you can always DM me on Instagram at Mimi underscore the medicine to learn more or ask questions. We hope to see some of you there and get to hug you in person. Cheers. And my little self was like, well, what about the spiritual journey? Right. <laughs> he was buzzing around. Like, what am I going to do? I have nothing to do. And it said, if you're on a journey, you've already left. I am the light. And everything I said, this little me that was flying around like a mosquito to the light, it was basically responding that you're in the future. You're not here. I am the light. Like, what about this? I already am. Mm. What about that? I already am. Come back. And at one point, it was, it was like a cartoon that I have in our, our um, training manual. It's two dogs sitting on yoga mats. And the one dog says to the other, I finally figured out the knack of meditation. It's learning how to sit and stay. <laughs> it's, amazing. it's like the mind. It's like <laughs> present, present light. And I said, will I ever do anything? If the light wants to. But you can't get more light or less light by doing anything. Mm. You already are. I am the light. Mm. Nothing you can do will increase or decrease it. I am the light. So, well, well, I get up out of bed because when I'm on Golden Teachers, I'm like floored. Like, it's like I can't move. 
And it said, can you get up? I said, no, that's the future. Why are you asking? I am the light. It just kept saying, you keep going away. Stay. Just be the light. Mm-hmm. But what about this? Oh, what about that? And suddenly it, the medicine got stronger and the, the, the mosquito got sort of more and more background. And I just laid there and I wept and I wept and I wept because it erased me. Mm. It erased me. I grew up, my lineage is so broad. I've got Turkish, Jewish, uh, English, Italian, Irish, and German, to say the least. I mean, I have other things too. And my dad was very German workaholic, started his own business, focused. I've been the biggest goal setter, you know, I climbed the highest mountains in the world, like erased. Wow. Erased. Considered a very type A personality, Vata in Ayurveda, like go, 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 accomplish, accomplish. God. Mm. And what I realized, which I hope I can embody this to other parents is that this is a death and what it is is a death if you are willing of everything you've ever known as real including my daughter is dead my son is dead and my spiritual purpose is that death is the greatest fiction Mm. Mm. that's a that's a big one and i've had Seven family members die in the last four years. Wow. 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 Okay. So, and all of them didn't scratch the surface of this. This, my last one was my best friend of 40 years, great person, incredibly spiritual, held her hand all the way through the end and watched her slip out with this glory and thought, I got it. I got it, spirit. Got my purpose. It's so nothing. It's just dropping clothing. It's just amazing. Nina was said, okay, we'll see. Mm. Wow. Wow. And I am still in that process. One of the things that was, and that's why I want to move on to what purpose really is, instead of what we think it is. That moment... I can deny it, I can repress it, I can pretend, but I can never unknow. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you mentioned experience. Without the experience, like these are all such cliche words. And I almost was going to share it with no one because I thought, oh, it's so cliche. It's just like ridiculous. Um, and I don't even say I became enlightened because that's so ego. It's like I had a flash of enlightenment that embodied me as me and I saw the truth and even all of the things that I have been doing and sharing with the world I had to go and all these podcasts were set up on this purpose thing and I was like wow interesting Uh what am I going to do with that now Hmm. and the light that I am showed me through this entire day, it was eight hours of this, 
and you think, oh, that's nothing. One second of it. My mystic Osho said, if you had five minutes of, of enlightenment, you'd be blasted. Mm. You'd be blasted forever. And this little me was buzzing around. I could hear it. And the Omni me just, just took my body of light. And it was just the isness of it. It wasn't like I had to think or I had to analyze. And there was a moment I thought, oh, I want to capture this for everybody, right? I want to capture it. So my automatic writing was wanting to, to go down. And I could barely get my head up off the pillow. <laughs> but I wanted to capture the interaction between this little me going around and asking these crazy questions and this omnipresence response. And at one point, it was getting harder and harder. And, they, and the voice said, stop. You're in the future again. Because this is, once you write, you're, you're in analysis, you're, you're in reflection. You're not in the experience. And it said, surrender. And I just dropped it and I just laid back and let it completely take over. And I noticed it wasn't in my legs. It was about only a quarter of the way down my legs. And I, you know, I'm a meditator and breathwork person, I'm everything, right? So I'm like, okay, how do I get that down there? You know, like, how? so I said, how do I get the light into my legs? You're in the future. Mm. Stay. These legs have never walked light. I heard, oh. How do I get into light? You know, how do I get my legs in the light? You know, this was immediate, right? This achiever. And it was like, stop, be where it is. Just be where it is. It's, it will, these legs will walk light. And I took that as a metaphor, as literal, because it was literal. It was completely just to my thighs. And I, it's, I just wanted that to be accomplished. And then I, I fell into this space that little me just kind of collapsed finally into the space of just being the light. There was no more thought. And I just was there. And this lasted for a number of hours. And I don't remember all of it from there. I just felt this omnipresence of self. And then I finally came out. My partner had been doing her own ceremony in another room, and, and we laid on the couch, and we didn't speak. And all of a sudden, I just started laughing, you know, at the absurdity of my lives, of my entire lives, and this grappling for something out there of enlightenment. And that has been my mission my whole life is enlightenment. I mean, that's from the time I was a little girl. And... You can't get what you already are. Like, it was just so simple in that moment. But what I learned from that, and I said, will I ever do anything? Will I ever want anything? <laughs> I already am. Like, and it said, it's for enjoyment. Mm. It's just because the cup is overflowing and it feels like sharing. Mm. Mm -hmm. It is not an assignment. And it's challenged me, and I've been challenging this for a while, because I, I've learned under every spiritual path of Eastern mysticism, like everything, yoga, this, that, the other. And this concept in, of Christianity, which is, you know, you have to earn heaven, or you have to earn 
you know, earn it. And also the Buddhist of reincarnation. Like you got to keep coming back. Yeah. You got to keep coming back if you didn't get it. And it's yeah. all this based for, for me always on this collective wound that we share as humanity, which is we're not good enough. We are just not good enough. Like that's just it. And so what if we already are, <laughs> you know, what we keep thinking we have to achieve or, or realize. And of course, the Eastern use the word realization because it's much more like, oh, it's just already evident. We just have to see it. We have to have eyes to see and ears to hear. And to me, that's where the purposes come in. They give us eyes to see and ears to hear mm. that realization. Um, they help dismantle um, what isn't so. Mm. And, you know, I pray for everyone that they don't ever have to experience what I have to make that realization. I mean, I have had majorly spiritual moments in my life. Like I can list thousands of incredible experiences of divinity, but nothing that comes close to that moment. Yeah. And I was so broken and I was so ready to leave. I was like, I've done it all. I got books. I did it. I put out millions of things. I've done it all. I don't need to be here. I just want to be with my daughter. <laughs> like enough is enough, you know? And, but this eluded me, this truth eluded me. And I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of lifetimes. And that's all I do in this life. You know, I'm not like doing something else and have this little spiritual life. over It's like, that's my all consuming being. And I thought, oh my God. This is all spiritual nonsense. It's just nonsense. And so that experience that we are already was a story I just read of one of my teachers, one of my mystics, Osho. He's telling a story of, um, and then I'll let, take a breath and let you guys interact with that because that was fun. Um, he's telling a story of Picasso. And this guy is watching Picasso for two hours as Picasso's painting. And he finally says to Picasso, Picasso, I've been sitting here watching you. What is the purpose of this painting? And Picasso said, I was just about to ask you that. I mean, you've been sitting there for two hours looking at this, and I was hoping you'd give me some insight. And then he said something to him that was really the, the key said, a rose doesn't ask, what's the purpose of the, we well, don't ask, what's the purpose of the rose? It has this erotic smell, it sways in the wind, it has this beautiful color, and we never ask, what is its purpose? Right? We never ask that. I just love to paint. Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. yeah. That's enough. So I think that that to me bridges those two things really beautifully. It's not about doing, it's about the isness of you, giving its fragrance, giving its, its energy. Mm. Yeah. And what we're here to learn is things that need to be removed so that we can really be in our essence. Yeah. We can be living from essence. 
and not living from personality. Mm-hmm. Osho called the difference between personality and individuality. It's just your isness. You're unique, one of a kind, nobody else like you, no blueprint of you. And that's to me with our program, the spiritual sensuality, the divine feminine and unearthing, because it all comes from within. That's why we say the divine feminine, because the feminine is the inner, it's the listener to spirit. Our spirit is the determiner. It's the one that's igniting it all. We have to listen. You know, that's when we get guidance, meditations or you know, vision quest or however we receive. That's the North teaching of receiving our guidance. Yeah. And so when we say the divine feminine and unearthing, because it has to come from within outward. Mm -hmm. That's the design of who we are is the light has to come out from within. Not, oh, that's practical. That gets me a pension plan. You know, this is not our life. That's not our, that's not our spirit driven life. Yeah. And that will lead me to sharing the human design. And that is key to understanding the purposes. It's all in the course anyway, but you know, this is a key. Um, it's like getting the operating manual to being human and Native America always had this and it always had the five aspects of self. Like when we say, oh, you know, I did inner child work. It was good for a while, but, you know, didn't totally work. Oh, then we came up with inner man and inner woman work. Oh, that was cool. You know, we had these two parts. Native America says we have five shields of self, which I work with in a program called Balancing the Shield. Inner man, inner woman, inner boy, inner girl, and high self, or grandparent, as we call that, the grandparent shield. I love that. These are dimensional shields. How do we know this? Some all the time you say, part of me wants to do this and part of me wants to do that. Who are we talking about? A, a split personality? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like you it. Know? And I have people coming to me from psychiatry that are multiple personality disorder. And I just teach them about the shields. Of course you have multiple personalities. You just have to, the only difference is you're not in control. Of them. They're in control of you. That's the only difference between schizophrenia. Because I, I took the test. I was like, talks to voices. Yep, that's me. You know, on and on. I was like, that's me. But I'm functional. Yeah. You know, I got hundreds of them that come through me. I'll be in the sweat lodge and all of a sudden I'll be in channel state being Melchizedek, you know, like, and people are like, oh, oh, it just went on there. Oh, that was somebody else. You know, it's a revolving door. Um, but I can say so. I'm holding the center point of the inner net that I am. Because we're not a personality. We are not an individual. That's just such a hoax. Because when I had, I am the light, it was like, and so is everybody else. And I saw this scintillating sun, you know, this, you know, this beautiful psychedelic experience of this sun with a million scintillating lights that was all of us as one, one thing, you know, it's just one thing. So, We've all had our experiences of that. But this is where the purposes really anchor is this, this being able to come to essence. And I didn't know until Grandma the Drum downloaded and all these kinds of things that I wasn't living my essence. Mm. I still was living a lot of my social, my conditioning, my this, my that. And it was fun, you know, it was nice, but there was no comparison to to this 
And what I was working on on all of that is the soul purification. That's why I said we're in this process of purification from ego to soul and then soul to spirit. Gremlidro helped me to go from ego to soul. Because the soul is dealing with Akashic Records. And I didn't get one of those, you know, blood tests of who's my ancestor because I knew my ancestry. But I realized when I took it, there was a few more that I didn't know. And in hindsight, 20 years with Grandmother Drum, I went to every country of my actual ancestry. Now, these were all choreographed by somebody else. This was not me, like, choosing countries or anything. And I wound up doing reconciliation with all those bloodlines. Wow. So, that was my assignment to clear my Akashic records, to clear all the history. And I went to a ceremony with a really powerful medicine woman years and years and years before this would take place. And in the ceremony, she said, you're going to do all your lifetimes this lifetime. And I'm like, great. My sister was there. And she said to her, you're going to do your four-year-old from this life. I'm like, how did I get that deal? Like, that's ridiculous. She gets one year of her life. I get all mine. And I had no idea what that meant. Nor did I even cling on to it for any kind of like, I'm going to focus my life. Or it just was like so out of my reality. And then I go in hindsight to 20 years on the road and every country that I was initiated in was every country of my Akashic records in this lifetime. So then we have to do the past life. We call them the 32 gateways. And that's, that's moving from ego to soul. And then there's soul to spirit. Once that is cleared enough that we get an experience of a moment in time. And one of my best friends, our board member and an amazing healer, therapist, said to me, oh, this happened to you because of all the work you did on yourself. And I said, no. That's ego again. Sure. That's just ego story. You know, I could have tripped and fell and hit my head and my skull opened and I saw the light, you know. We never know. We prepare for that moment might happen. We can never make it happen. Yeah. It's the absence of us making it happen. Because if the, that's when I was so broken with Sierra and my womb was hanging open. I was on the first plant medicine and, and the guide said to me, I said, tell me what to do. I'll do anything. Breath work, this, that, you know. <laughs> if you can do it, it can't be done. Mm. Wow. It ha you have to ask for it to be done to you. And I was like, okay, just help me then. <laughs> and, and Harry talks about the highest prayer. Help! You know, and it's that surrender. You know, it's that surrender. So I said, no, I couldn't have done this. It's the absence of that that would have this experience. Yeah. It's not about anything I've achieved. That's so and true. I mean, oftentimes in challenge, when we're faced with adversity, we, we, we I'll speak for myself. I'll, I, there's a certain number of hard things that I know that I can do. I'll flog myself. Do I need to flog myself? Do I need to get through this? Do I need to throw something on my back and carry the burden? Do I need to, uh, stay up late, stop sleeping. I can grind through this. I just, just get, just tell me what to do and I can get through it. But, but the point is if you're offering something that you already are willing to, 
like with ease to do, even though it's seemingly quote unquote hard, it it's not what is required to move through it. It's it's what you're reluctant to. And in certain cases, that's quite literally just to sit back and do mm -hmm. nothing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of the conundrum of the East, because the East is about the gifts and talents, but it's also about challenge. The East is the warrior archetype. Okay. So as you're talking about, it's, you know, having a backbone There's the four bones of the medicine wheel. It's a backbone, you know, having courage to stand, be who you are. Like uncle Walter said, you're weak hearted, The strong hearted is the courage to be who I am. So that's, that's the aligned place of the East. But I had all these gifts and talents. It should be easy. No, I have to bring them in. I have to be broken to bring that in, to yeah. bring in my essence. You know, we cracked out of an egg. We have to crack out of the egg. And it's an ongoing process. And so that's why we call those initiations. So, you know, Sierra's uh, culminating the, these four years for me. I, I nearly died in 219. I was 21 days in the hospital and, wow. and four surgeries. Um, went in for something tiny, had a super rare tumor, exploded. I had a heart attack. Like it was just like, you know. All of a sudden, I was on a roll, you know, and I thought I had really woken up from that. But, you know, it didn't take everything out of my, my myself. This did. Wow. My daughter took everything out of me. My own life, whatever. Not, not her. So, you know, that um, is filled with, with learnings because for parents, um, we live through our children in so many different ways. They're an extension of us. It's very literal. We created them at a certain time in our life. Um, and she explained that to me, that I was using um, my connection to this life by a cord going to her. So when that was severed, it was like my, my life cord got severed. And I never would have imagined. I'm not like the codependent type. <laughs> like, say to my partner, you want to go here? You want to go there? You want to be with somebody? Let me know. Just let me know. Just be honest. You know, I'm not that type of person. So I was so surprised to learn how codependent I was on an energetic level to her embodiment. And she was like the essence of the light. You know, I called her my bright star. And, the, you know, she was like my shining light in some way. And I did not understand that. And she said, go back to when you created me, the time in your life, what was going on? You know, it was all these teachings that um, are culminating in our lost love work that's coming up um, this next year. We're in preparation for it now uh, to help uh, people on all different levels of this work. And I, you know, I just stayed with it. I just stayed with it so that I could break through these layers um, that had never known fully who she was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, parents describe this even when kids go off to school and this, you know, the emptiness syndrome and all these kinds of things, this, this place where um, we understand this more. And I had a the opportunity to understand it better because of the context of the five shields. She was my spirit sh uh, shield. She was my girl shield instead of having my own fully. So a lot of the time in my life from when she was born earlier has come back to be, to be looked at again. Uh, things that were never finished because I created her to love her rather than love myself in those places. So she became that thing on the outside that I could love instead of, and now I'm being asked to take her fully in um, to myself as me. Yeah. 
And, you know, there's, there's all different levels of this, but I feel like the purposes are just such a beautiful way to enter your essence um, and, and to move in, in that. And that's why I wanted to kind of culminate by understanding these human design. So, but let's pause and take a breath. And oh, that was a lot. That was yeah. absolutely I, incredible. Uh-huh. I, am, I am so grateful for your openness. Um, and as I was just listening and processing, it's funny, like I, I was almost ex- had this expectation that through this experience for you and through this third medicine journey, uh, experiencing the light that, that there would be this because you almost hear about it at times. People go through these deep, intense journeys and they're given this roadmap of what's ahead and it's, it's action oriented in nature. And I kept expecting some level of you know what what what's called the download to then from that point go out and do something with it and i i kept sitting there it's almost like in in my nature to to be like but what do you do what do you do with that like yeah what do you do with the fact that it's it's already here and, and like you you kept saying you're 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 in the future and that's just really hard for me to reconcile someone who is like action oriented and goal driven and yeah. and penetrating the world is kind of the yeah. the energy that I inflict on on my life. If you've been playing around with the thought of Botox for forehead lines or crow's feet, or just frustrated by your acne scars, listen up, my love. ClearStem just brought back their no Botox repair serum that tells your skin to repair itself and generate new healthy collagen. This has quickly become my favorite of their products, and here's why. The blend of growth factors, peptides, and collagen-derived stem cells immediately feeds your skin what it needs to bounce back from internal stress, UV damage, acne scars, and other environmental aging triggers. Bounce Back is perfect for anyone who wants to avoid Botox, prolong the results of their existing Botox, prevent further lines from forming, and those of us who deal with deeper acne scarring. These ingredients are the real deal and, as always, hormone-friendly and non-pore clogging, completely corrective and targeted for skin repair. You will notice your skin visibly smoother, brighter, and healthier looking in just a few uses. I personally use Bounce Back once a day, usually in the morning, followed by ClearStem's HydroGlow moisturizer. To get your lovely little hands on some bounce back or any of the anti-acne, anti-aging, truly clean ClearStem products, go to clearstemskincare.com and use the code MIMI for a nice hefty discount or check it out in our medicine cabinet linked in the show notes. You and your skin are going to love this stuff. And and then it brought up a couple thoughts um, for me. You know, you, you, we're hearing about these uh, just terrible stories of uh, families and communities losing their their brick and mortar homes to these wildfires. And I've heard some just almost uh, mind blowing, ring tears to your eye uh, level conversations or interviews with folks who who are sitting in the reality that their home is burned to the ground, and they're saying things along the lines of. You know what? My house was not my home. It's this community. It's my family. It's mm-hmm. we've energetically put into this yes space, mm-hmm. but it has nothing to do with the walls and the doors. And yes, we're gonna you know 
have heartache for this, but our home is still here. And it's like, holy shit, that's home. You put the work into building the house and you probably think that I got to, you know, have a certain look to it. I've got to have a certain number of things inside the house. But in reality, home is established on an energetic level outside of these, you know, the physical walls and doors and roof. And in the same thing, family, you know, and, and legacy and, and our story, you know, we were married young and, uh, I was so obsessed with building legacy and building a family and having this, this definition of what that needed to look like. And it was so in the future. I had no idea that was that family and legacy was available to me as a 20 something. And in our story, we got divorced and it took years and years and years until we ultimately reconciled. But I'm inspired to ask the question, is this available to me now? Because I still find myself in these patterns of wanting to achieve, accumulate, succeed my way into my preset definition of something, whether that be purpose or legacy Mm -hmm. or home or family. And the, the simple question of, is this available to me now, which sounds like it is, is such beautiful therapy and and something I will be absolutely taking away from this. uh, Mm. I think uh, uh, just piggybacking on that, um, maybe the question is how or where is this available to me now? Cause you know, the answer is yes. The answer is always yes. And this you're, you're speaking to two type three achiever. (laughs) We're all right there, right? (laughs) You're the choir here and so i'm i'm taking this in and having my my own experience through your experience mm-hmm. and you know just yeah piggybacking is like we can continue to or or from here on out ask each other you know when we recognize that hey like you're in the future you're in the future not that it's a bad thing to have goals or or you yeah. know vision for your life or a dream you know paul check our great mentor and friend always talks about having a dream or a vision um and i think that that is important but also the vision the dream is now it's here it's not somewhere out there it's in us it lives in us and where where is it how is it available to us in this moment now so Mm. i think that we can do a really a much better job of inviting each other into that space and for all the listeners you know listening to this incredible story it's it's heavy and it's potent and there is something available to all of us within your experience and i think that that is something that like boots on the ground every person listening to this you can ask yourself the same question how is this available to me right now Mm. Thank you for that. That's so potent because we are so much a Western culture of goal orientation and, and it's, it's the destiny instead of it's the journey. It's right here. And I'll just say one thing first, which is, um, we are, um, supporting individual families in Maui right now and things like this. Um, um, people that did lose children and, and family and all of that as well. Um, so you have the piercing of the physical home mm. and then you say, Oh, my family is, and then you have the piercing of that family as well, which is what happened in this. So, so you get, you get peeled away again because you, you're like, Oh, but I have my family. I'm okay. And then your family is taken and there's genocide being done in these fires. I'll just say. And all over the world right now is this genocide of our, the light of our children of the sun. 
And so that just, just knowing that, um, you know, and I could speak to the pandemic and many other things as well, is this kind of genocide that's going on of our people all over and the brokenness that that brings to each of us of this feeling. Um, and then it happened to me so personally. That has to be experienced authentically. That's what I'll say. You know, that can't be the motivation to keep outside the moment and go further. And I'm saying that experience is now integrating for me. And it's a good question because I've asked myself, now what? Do I want to do any of this? Is it meaningful to do any of this? And what I'm coming to is another filtering of what I'm doing for the wrong reasons. And it's really a very moment to moment experience. Like, oh, I think this is good. It'll promote something that we're working on or, you know, with work. And it's like, no, is that the right thing? Is my isness, is my inner self wanting to express that right now? And I've stopped myself. I have changed my schedule. I have said, I don't know if this is coming from my ego again. I need to just sit in my essence. And for me, that is in meditation, uh, that is in music, where I'm in no mind states, to just be. And then I'll go, oh, I do want to do that today. That just feels fun. That feels like where my energy wants to go. And so it is a giant recalibration. And our society is so um, out, of, out of rhythm with Earth Mother, with self. And I just say that a lot of my recalibration is me getting better in alignment with my body rhythm. You know, when we say the divine feminine unearthing our true purpose, it's like, what about your biorhythm? What about how your energy naturally moves instead of the jolt, the coffee, the this, the that, the driving and making things happen, cigarettes, tobacco, vaping, whatever, instead of what's my essence want to be doing? And it's much more in the moment. And it's more difficult. How am I going to do like that future schedule and be in the space? And I am adjusting that right now. I run an international nonprofit that has scheduled events. And it's like, how am I going to adjust that now that this is true? Yeah. yeah. And I would just ask the question to people, if you want to take this in now, what would you be doing if it's already so? Everything that you want is already so. Mm. And I also like to invite people to play with who they were as a seven-year-old because uh -huh. yeah. that really shows up that age in there shows up is when we kind of know who we are a little bit you know we kind of get the and maybe we weren't allowed and maybe we were conditioned but we knew something then we were so close and that's um sierra's talking to me a lot about the purpose of children dying young mm. like parents like there's no purpose to that. That is like the absolute most wrong thing in the human kingdom. And she's explaining it from a spiritual perspective of what it's helping with the evolution of the planet, why it's helping so much, and why they, they all chose 
and their counsel, why they all chose that to help. Okay. Talk about the fast track to enlightenment. Yeah. But they are so close because they're so young, especially the ones who named uh, ages um, when they come in and they die within the first few years. How much mana that adds to the collective light because they're so close to essence. Mm -hmm. And so they open up an opportunity. It's like a field. Yeah. And she gives great detail about that, which I won't go into. But, you know, what if everything we believe physically is true physically, like it's the most inconceivable, hardest initiation, worst thing I could ever imagine, never want anyone to ever have to go through it on a human perspective. But on a spiritual perspective, nothing has broken through the shield. Nothing ever has. And I know it when I was there, like I had always been this, always will be. It was like this most obvious thing. And I was like, I was deluded for how many lifetimes? So is it good or is it bad, right? It's this conundrum of, yes, humanly, we must be broken at times. That initiation of smashing our ego, smashing every attachment we have. And, you know, you know that most of the people you admire most, whether it's Amici or Gandhi or this one or that one, were broken, were shattered by their upbringings, by violence, by this, by that. They came to it out of desperation. And I didn't know I was so desperate. I didn't really feel that way when I decided to do this third one. In fact, it was only because we were running... Um, a retreat and I needed to try this particular one that we were going to use. Um, my partner wanted to do it and I was like, I don't know if I need to do that right now. You know, it wasn't like that. And it just, she didn't even have hardly any experience. I was like, I've seen the light, it's over, you know. And, um, but it's this finality to this, um, to this a whole matrix that we're in. And about this coming out of silence and delight, the word delight, delight. Mm. And so I said, would I ever do it? Well, if the light wants to do that, sure, it's fine. It can do that. But it wasn't like it's going to help you or it's your mission and, you know, you're, you're going to be closer and you can't get closer or further away. You just have to see and know. And the process of, of the purposes is to cultivate that, cultivate that realization yeah. and, and focus that realization. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. yeah I love it's that. Like staying present instead of, you know, getting distracted. Stay. Um, the other cartoon, and I just have to say that cartoon, and I don't know if I can send it to you in this. Um, the second cartoon, which I loved because it was a dog cartoon again, you know, and dog reverses God, so it's kind of fun. And um, this dog comes up to the top of the mountain, and there's the guru dog. No, stop chasing your tail. It's already yours. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you know, <laughs> I'm going to remember that. Yeah. Oh, it's already yours. You know, you're chasing your tail. It's like, it's already yours. Already. already uh, 
25 lanes of my life where that applies. So that's really great. Oh my God. All of us, all of us. And I say you can access it now. It's what you, you know, we say about meditation, but you know, meditation, you can't do it. I'm going to meditate. You can't meditate. Because if you can do it, it's not meditation. We're just doing exercises to hope that we experience the state of meditation, which is no mind and non-doing. So we do these exercises, or this breath work, or the sound toning, or whatever it is, to get in the state of non-doing. And whenever we access that, and whenever I um, make time to access that in myself, then that is a field that builds. And this is what every, my Osho called it the Buddha field. You know, this is the access to this field that's already there, you know. I'll meet you there, Rumi, you know. It's like between right doing and wrong doing is the field. And that field is you. And, you know, I would say spending time in things that, that are absolute meditation where the mind empties, where the future empties, one of my other ones is painting. I'm an artist. And so if I paint, I really have nothing in my mind when I paint. It's a great way I access my being. And it's just like anything. It's a muscle. If I exercise the muscle of goal orientation and Tom Robbins and be all you can be, then that, that gets good. I can manifest anything and all that. And if that's what you want, that's the light says fine. You can do any of that. You can be all you can be. You can do whatever you want. It's not going to change it. It's not going to make you better. It's just going to be an experience that you want to have. Yeah. That you're capable of having. And like some of us want that. We want to know that we can stretch beyond previous limitations. And those exercises are good for helping break down the ego and break down belief systems. Those are all part of... So it's not like we have to shun that part away. It's part of the exercise. And if I know that that helps me, then I do it. You know, oh, that helps me get in touch with myself, or that helps me go beyond all my fears, and my fears paralyze my realization of the light, and yeah, I'll do those things and help me move those things off. So it doesn't negate them, but it just puts them in perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. This is uh wow, this is just beautiful. Um want to be mindful of time a little bit. Um and I think as we kind of come to a close here, um saying thank you and and just so grateful for for the depth that you've shared. I think like purpose is one of these things that like trends online and in the self-help space and the spiritual space you've got more than enough options if you typed in how do i find my purpose yet we're all still thirsty for something that's satiating mm -hmm. and uh oddly enough i think it's this it's more closely aligned with this practice of realizing that it can't be be achieved externally and and um this process that you've articulated just resonates deeply i think it for for many listening will as well um would love to hear from you where where this is offered when you're opening up the next opportunity to partake in this process and these protocols um because i am i'm sure that many listeners are deeply deeply curious 
um, as to how they can dive into this even further? Well, first off, I have a free gift, and that is because the first thing we have to do is learn how to communicate with our soul, right? We have to get like the inner voice uh, dialogue. And to access our life that was designed for us to purify us um, is, I call it 10 messages from your soul. It's how your soul communicates with you every day. The simple things like you ask a question to, to spirit and you're waiting to, for your spirit to kind of guide you to what you should do next or should you take that opportunity or whatever, is we say wait for three signs. That spirit's response to you, if you get three, at least three messages that come through. And you can ask, I have when I, when I um, was dealing with this, this thing that threw me into the hospital, I, I did every natural thing, I did all these things, and finally I just stood in my living room and said, I need an answer in the next hour. <laughs> absolute answer. I've done everything you asked me to do now, this got to be done. And I went to town and a woman bumped into me in the post office and wound up passing this to me. And it was, of course, Western medicine. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, and it's because I didn't want to go that route. And there's many reasons why. But I had to listen to that because I asked for a message in an hour and I got it. Yeah. So I had to. And I was like, OK, I don't understand this answer. I don't really want to do this answer. And I called my 21 days in the hospital, the 21 days to change your life program. And, you know, it was called the eye of the perfect storm. Another great story for another time. But it's that listening and that communication with creation. We've lost the communion. And this is the, this is the devastation when a child dies, like no more communication. I'm like, yes, you can communicate. You can continue to communicate. You can continue to write and have coffee together and do all these things. It's like we have lost that sense of oneness of communication with all creation. And especially our oversoul or our I am or our eternal light, God's voice, whatever you want to call it. And these 10 messages from your soul are common things that you can learn to pay attention to, to move from ego to soul, mm. to get on that deeper level with yourself if you're not used to doing that if you're not you're just kind of doing things because that's mechanically what's expected or you've got a nine-to-five job or whatever and to go deeper and ask those questions so that's that's my gift it's a our audio and a pdf and all that and then we're launching on october 13th it's actually a friday friday the 13th of october good witchy day um, to take that deeper dive uh, with me, if you would enjoy some of these, uh, it's an 80-page playbook. We're working with uh, instruments. We're working with a lot of um, shamanic work and art and just to uh, discover, uncover, and move into delight. Mm, I love that. I, that's definitely a word that is going to stick with me um, from this conversation is thinking about what would delight me. Yes. Well, you know, the word embodies light and the reminder of I am already that. I am already experiencing it if I but make it so, if if I allow that, right? Um, and so I'm definitely gonna take take that word delight um into my into my day today and into my life and and remind myself and and chase. Thank you so much. Of course we will oh. have 
all the the links and everything in the the show notes you guys um if you're interested in this uh free uh free gift uh, i know i'm gonna download it we're probably gonna listen to it and go through these uh go through this together um because this is this is work for all of us this is work for humanity this is it it hopefully is something that is delightful though um you know a labor of love that we can uh join in and join together maybe with a friend or a lover or you know grab a grab a grab the hand next to you and like do this work together i think would be would be so awesome um we'll definitely have those resources available is there anything else that you you know want to want to leave us with with last words or if there was a billboard for the entire world to see that you could put anything on that would translate <laughs> to every language <laughs> oh it's it's yeah i am the light that i'm searching for um and two things i want to mention on the exit one is um you know it doesn't mean that i'm still not in grief about my physical daughter being gone it doesn't mean like it's suddenly um i'm enlightened overnight or any of these things and i think wherever you are on that journey like today even this morning um every time it's the full moon i have a lot of grief coming up around her and it usually is i haven't written with her in a week or two and i'm really needing that and she just says to me mom we're used to speaking that often like when I was alive. So that's, that's the thing. Cause I used to be the same. And she didn't call me after the couple, two, three weeks. And I would be like, ah, you know, I could handle three weeks, but then it was like, come on, like, where are you? And it's the same now. Mm. And I still have that. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. And she just, you know, said, well, just call me. Like, cause I used to bug her that she wasn't calling me. And now she's bugging me that I'm not calling. So that's just total role reversal. Um, so what I do now, whenever I'm in, like, I am the light, but none of this is, is real. I just say, that's what I'm experiencing right now. And as a human being, and I don't try to go, I should know that there's no death and all these kinds of stories. I don't, I don't do that to myself. I just say, I, I take the light of who I am and I, I wrap it around us. That mm. mm. still doesn't know it fully yet. I wrap it around that. Mm. I don't isolate it and I don't try to jump. I just go, it's just perfect. And that's exactly the way my daughter's talking to me. She's like so compassionate to me. I'm like, this is not the relationship we had. I'm like, whoa, this is cool. You know, she's like, that's okay, mom. You can, you can make that here. The death and life are simultaneously happening. We always have multiple amounts of feelings at the same time. And so it's okay to, to embrace them both and the, all the polarity, which is coming back to what you were saying about experiencing these elders and what they were doing. It's like they embrace the polarities with a, a love bigger than both of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I just want to leave you with that. If you're like, uh, I'm in, you know, I'm in loss or I'm in depression or I'm in this, or I'm in that. Just claim that the light is stronger than that and it will penetrate it. It said to me, these, these legs will become light, but it still has to penetrate deeper. Mm. And so just ask that gracefully um, that the light continue to penetrate whatever you're experiencing in that moment. It's not always the light. So I want to say that as, as kind of a reality, you know, like, um, 
was at Close Encounters when the kid said, beat me up, you know, and he said, this is reality, Greg, um, in Close Encounters. You know, it's that kind of thing. It's like, this is the real deal. Just embrace it. Sit with that light of your being, however you visualize that, and just let that be perfectly fine. Express it, be with it. And if we allow, which is the only thing that is really needed, that's called holding sacred space. And we hold that sacred space for that part of ourselves. It's like, okay. I had it the last couple of days, and it was like, okay, that's where I am. Yeah. And embrace that with, with just presence. Yeah. Nothing to do, nowhere to go. Again, it's never going anywhere. It's just right here. It's always right here, right now. Yeah. Mm. One of my other teachers said, we're rapidly evolving into the here and now. <laughs> right yeah so thank you for letting me share that i'd love to embrace people on this journey of discovery it's um just juicy but again you will know because you will be guided yeah you have three signs if it's me you know i'm not selling you you know what you need and you know what you it's going to unfold to you and trust in that I just enjoyed sharing this and it's again it's healing me to share this story so thank you for your absolute presence with me and your incredibly honest questions um because they're the same questions that i had like the next day i'm like what am i going to do with this now <laughs> you know who am i going to be it is healing just to be in the space with you and i know we're over over zoom but i felt you here and you. um We've done over 200 conversations and this was up there on some of the most beautiful and powerful dialogue that we've yeah. been able to be a part of. So um, with just wow. the most honor and gratitude, this was mm -hmm. really special. Thank you. Yeah. Well, come up to Alaska at our center sometime, do a lodge with us, do medicine, just, you know, be with us. Uh, we love having, we have, you know, the sanctuary of, of heaven up here. So uh, anytime, yeah love that thank you so much thank you all for listening and spending time with us check the show notes for all the corresponding links and we will talk to you next time go spread some light okay bye hey friend thanks for listening did you hear anything today that expanded your mind made you laugh touched your soul or caused you to think differently about this topic i hope so I invite you to share this episode with someone you love. It takes 30 seconds and has the potential for a great ripple effect. Our world needs more people having real, honest, and open-minded dialogue on big topics. And you never know, you may just change their entire day. We love you and appreciate you being here with us. Cheers.